It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Please make sure you're subscribed to this show because I'm going to be coming at you with all kinds of great content, always thinking outside of the box and always bringing you to the next level. Now today, I'm going to talk a little bit about a conversation that I had when I was on Instagram. Now, if you guys want to follow this person, it's a real person. You can find him at Debt Free Dad. Just go at Debt Free Dad on Insta and you'll be able to find this person, follow him. He's doing everything he can to go outside the rat race. And right now today, his main concern, his main desire is to buy his first rental property. So he sent me a message on Instagram that said, hey, Adam, what are the top three things you do to make sure that you attract select quality tenants? Well, debt-free dad, that is a fantastic question. And let me tell you what I would do to attract quality tenants. So from my experience with property management since 2006, I've learned quite a bit with the 100 rental doors that I have now. And I'm actually going to share with you not three, but actually four things that'll help you. And number one is don't let anyone rent with short notice. What I'm saying is always seek a tenant that wants 30 days as their minimum notice. Because good tenants generally plan ahead and bad tenants are usually those people that are running at the very last moment, perhaps because they're getting kicked out of their old apartment. So you want people that plan ahead. So make sure that the tenants that you're bringing on want to come into your property no less than the 30 days. That'd be a great start. Number two, make sure you're doing thorough background checks and visiting the people that they put on their references. Okay, so you basically, if, you, if they say that where they work, go to that place and see if you can find them. You're basically, make sure also that you are calling the references and or stopping by the references. Try to find their address and see if they're a real person. Why do I say this? Think about it for a moment. I'm asking you to do thorough background checks and visit references because it's so easy so possible and even a little bit probable that you'll have a lot of tenants that are using fake phone numbers that just route to their friends who are pretending to be their old landlord. Okay? So make sure you're doing that. Number three is set up ACH auto pay. Oftentimes, bad tenants don't have bank accounts. So this kind of filters out some people. And so you're making sure you're only using people that have a bank account. I think that's a very savvy way to do this. And also on top of that is what is an ACH? It means automatic clearing house. It's an automatic payment. It's an auto pay. They give you a check, you write void on it, then you plug in the info and you let it go from bank to bank without even doing, an, uh, without even lifting a finger. Okay. Number four is make sure that your units are updated. Really make sure that your units are updated. Great tenants usually don't want to come into deferred maintenance. Does that make sense? So those are the four things that I would share with you if you were saying, you know, how do I attract good tenants? And debt-free dad came back at me with another question. He asked, I think I'll be making an offer on a property tomorrow, exclamation mark. I'm super excited as this is my first investment property. So I'm wondering, 
how should I protect myself with insurance and LLCs as I have no experience or history of landlording? So number one, debt-free dad, I'm saying to you, you need to speak to an attorney, all right? So I hope I can give you a little bit of info, but you're definitely going to need to talk to a CPA and an attorney, a tax attorney, and also your CPA to make sure that you're doing these things absolutely correctly. I don't claim to be one. I just have a hundred and something doors and I have a little bit of experience doing this. What I've learned in my experience to protect yourself, and some of this comes from my tax attorney, but I don't want you to think I'm putting words into his mouth. So if you have any questions and you want to be in touch with this tax attorney or another great tax attorney that I know, I'd be happy to do that. So this, when you're wanting to protect yourself with LLCs and insurance, here's my advice. The best way to do protection that I know of in the USA is an LLC that is taxed as a partnership. So does that mean you have to have a partner? Yes. You have to have a partner in your partnership. Now, why do I say does it, that it has to be taxed as a partnership? It's because it is an extra way to protect yourself against liability. If you just have a sole proprietorship and you do something wrong within that LLC, it's very easy to pierce the corporate veil to come right after you. But if you have a partnership, it is extremely extremely difficult if you have a partner for them to to take the money from the LLC so that's a great way to protect yourself who can you partner with you can partner with your wife you can find a business partner you cannot partner with your dog okay it has to be a real person so that's my first advice is make sure you have an LLC that's taxed as a partnership furthermore that number two is to make sure that that LLC is registered within the same city as the property. A lot of people talk about the Iowa, the uh, Las Vegas, or the Wyoming LLCs. As I understand it, and I'm not a tax attorney, so don't take this for good. Make sure you follow up with one. But as I understand it, the best way to protect yourself really is to have the LLC in the same city as the property. And that's how all 100 plus of my doors are. The LLC is actually created within the city where that property is. The next one is for insurance. So let's talk a little bit about insurance. What does Adam Adams do for finding insurance on my properties? The first thing that I do is I, I ask for a landlord policy. Okay, so you, you're specifically letting them know that you're an investor. Number two is that you want to have what's called replacement cost value. This is extremely important. So this is one of the few things that you'll want to actually write down if you're not familiar with it. There's something called RCV, and then there's something else called uh, ACV, okay? RCV means replacement cost value. And ACV means actual cash value. So why replacement versus actual cash? Let's go into this to the next step. Replacement cost value means how much it costs to send out everybody to make sure that that whole building is built and, and good to go. Just the actual cash value is just what it's worth. Now, 
to some people, it seems like this would be not that important. But let me give you one example of a property that I own that is in St. Louis, Missouri. I've got a fourplex and I paid about $60,000 for that fourplex. Now, I got it at about half its value because it was worth around one hundred twenty to 150000 the day I closed. So I would, if I want, I would have the opportunity, if I wanted, to do an ACV insurance policy, which means if that property was to go on, get on fire or otherwise break all the way down, my insurance would pay me the exact value, the cash value of the property, which is about 150000 Obviously, this is more than double what I paid for it, so I would be making out like a bandit. But if my main goal was to stay as a landlord, what I really need is for that building to be built again. But what it costs for that building to be built again, unfortunately, is $600,000, almost 10 times the price that I paid for it. So what I'm saying to you is, Usually, the, the RV, RCV policies are larger than the ACV policies. So, for you and making sure that you're totally protected, I would go ahead and pay that little bit more that it costs to do the replacement cost value. That way, you know that you're in a safe position no matter what happens. So, there's a lot of takeaways from this. If you're just starting to get into your very first rental, there's a lot of really great takeaways. I listened to this once or twice. Feel free to share this with a friend who needs this information. Hey, there's something that I have not yet shared with you. And what that is, that is on this September, this upcoming September 22nd, it's about uh, almost two months away from the day that we're recording this. On September 22nd, I actually am flying in a speaker from London, England, who's going to be talking about self-storage, going to be also flying in somebody talking about mobile home parks, somebody about apartments. Uh, another person is coming and talking about notes. And there's another person talking about just assisted living. So there's a lot of people out there that actually don't know which asset class to choose. So what's going to be really fun about this event, what's going to be outstandingly fun, like you can't find this anywhere else, is these five people I'm going to have the top of the top coming and they're going to give a 10 to 20 minute argument on the bullet points. The reasons why they actually invest in their asset class instead of any other asset class. And then at the end, after every single one of these guys and girls, there's actually three girls and two guys, after each, every single one of these people has an opportunity to argue their point, to prove exactly why their asset class is the best, we're going to put them all on stage. We're going to get them up there on stage and you are going to ask them questions. All right. So there, there is a cost to go to this event. So go into the show notes, click on the link, feel free to check it out, see how much it costs, see if it's affordable, see if you want to be one of the hundreds of people that are flying in from around the country to see this event. It is not expensive. I'm just letting you know there is a cost uh, associated with it. It is not expensive at all. Extremely affordable. So we actually have people coming from Texas and we have people coming from California, New York, New Jersey, um, Florida, Atlanta. Where else do we have 
there's a, a few people coming from Chicago. So this event is going to be a lot of fun, but mostly it's going to be extremely educational. So if you're the type of person that really has some, some money that you have to be putting toward something and you want to know which one's the best, this is your event, September 22nd. It's an all-day Saturday event. Go down to the show notes and click. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.